So I believe we are live right now. But uh, yeah, let's get started. How's it going, Real Dealers? It is your man, Philip Hall, and welcome to another episode of the Real Deal Bros podcast. Yeah, I hope everybody's having a good weekend. It's actually a Labor Day weekend, so hope everybody enjoys their three days off. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, here in Oakland, California, it's been pretty hot. I think the high today has been up to 85. I mean, it's probably even been hotter. Like, oh yeah, now it's up to 88. Um, yeah, hope you guys are staying hydrated and I hope you guys are staying cooled down. If you guys are listening, watching from California, and uh, I think on the East Coast, is weather's well, been kind of a little on and off over there too. Hope you guys are staying warm or staying uh, cool, cool, cooled off over there. But uh, yeah, and I'm um, really before I want to get into uh, today's episode, as you guys assume uh, by looking at the title, that we are going to be talking about the 2020 NASCAR playoffs that are getting ready to kick off tomorrow. And um, yeah, but before we begin, I do want to pay tribute to a late uh, Chadwick Boseman. Um, yeah, definitely, you know, a lot of people have known that Chadwick Boseman was uh, diagnosed with, uh, uh, he lost a bout to cancer. And um, unfortunately he died uh, last Friday. And uh, yeah, and like, yeah, he was just a great man, a great uh, spokesperson and model from the black community. Of course, he's well known for his role as uh, Jackie Robinson in 42, uh, James Brown and Get On Up, as well as Thurgood Marshall and Marshall, and everybody's favorite, uh, Black Panther and Black Panther. So, um, yeah, it definitely was a heartbreaking to you know see one of, of uh, Hollywood's uh, best actors, in my opinion, and also just a huge figure in the Black community. You know, gone so soon. He uh, passed at the age of 43. And um, yeah, it's it's tough, and uh, but you know, life does go on, and we just have to accept that, you know, we we aren't here forever, and um, yeah, some of us go when we're old, and some of us go when we're young. So uh, yeah, it's definitely sad to hear about Chad Bozeman, and uh, just want to probably give a quick uh, moment of silence for him. So we'll just we'll just do that real fast. Um, yeah, but anyway, we're going to get into tonight's show. So yeah, definitely NASCAR 2020 playoffs coming up. And yeah, it's really a, a big deal uh, uh, this time, this time, this year, because, um, you know, obviously with uh, the COVID-19 pandemic putting a hold on the NASCAR season, you know, the last race before the pandemic was in Phoenix, which is actually where the NASCAR championship weekend will be taking place for this year. Uh, traditionally in the past, it was taking place at, uh, Homestead Miami Speedway, but this year they changed locations for the championship race. Uh, yeah, definitely Phoenix is a nice venue. Um, of course, well, obviously with COVID guidelines, they're uh, keeping fans to a minimum. They actually announced that the other day, saying how they're going to keep the fans under 9,000 for the, for the championship race uh, set to take place on November 8th. But um, all in all, you know, nothing's really changed. You know, playoffs are still going to have that same you know, the same gravitation that, you know, same thrill and excitement. And I feel like that's one thing that we should be looking forward to. But uh, yeah, for um, really, for anybody that's new to NASCAR or that's starting to get into the sport, you know, I feel like it's on best to explain the 
how the playoffs work. Um, well, tonight we're really going to focus on the uh, Cup Series side, but um, obviously there there's playoffs set up for the Xfinity Series as well as for the Truck Series. But tonight we'll be focusing on the Cup Series side. So the way that the playoffs is set up, so at the end of the regular season, you know they do 26 races in the regular season, of course, and you know last race being the big Daytona race that took place last weekend, which was won by William Byron, who earned his first uh, career Cup Series win. Oh, yeah, he's another on, on the list of first-time winners at Daytona. So, yeah, definitely congrats to him. So that already locks the spot into the playoffs. But uh, going into the playoffs, so at the end of the 26 races in the regular season, the top 16 drivers that are in the standings are the ones that clinched their way into the playoffs. So the playoffs start out with 16 drivers uh, going in. And then for every three race races that they run, you know, they have four different rounds. So four rounds, each round having three races. So uh, three races in the round of 16, which is where they start off with the 16 drivers, whoever stays above the cut line above the 12th position in round 16, they move on to round 12. And the driver and the drivers that finish below that, which is uh, usually four, the four drivers that finish below that, they're uh, eliminated from the playoffs. So their shot of winning the championship is over. And then that continues with round of 12. You know, if you stay above eighth place during the round of 12, during the three races, then, you know, you move on to the round of eight and, you know, next four get knocked out. Now, round of eight, you know, it's the eight top eight drivers that are above the cut line uh, going into the championship four. The four drivers that, that move on, you know, they'll race in the, in the one race for the championship, which will take place in Phoenix. And, yeah, the point system, you know, you just have to have you know, points from the junior stage finishes and really like your own, like one way to lock yourself into the next playoff automatically without having, having to worry about getting eliminated is by winning a race in the said rounds. So uh, to start out, kick off with the round of 16, uh, first three races of the playoffs are going to be at Darlington, Darlington, which is tomorrow. And second race being at Richmond, third being at Bristol. Then you go into the round of 12, they'll be racing at Las Vegas. Talladega and the Charlotte Roval round a is consisting of Kansas, Texas, Martinsville. And of course the championship is going to be taking place in Phoenix. So yeah, the, again, you know, it's, I know it may sound very complex and it's actually different. There's actually a different uh, format that for the playoffs that NASCAR has been using. The NASCAR playoffs was actually first instilled like with the elimination round back in 2014 when the traditional, um, back when they had, when the playoffs was known as the chase for the cup, all there wasn't anything as such as stage racing. People didn't have to worry about getting knocked out of the playoffs. It was like, if you were in a certain spot by, by the end of the season, uh, you already stayed in the playoffs and you could stay all the way through up until the end. And you're really based on points by uh, leading laps in a race or even winning races. And depending on where you, where you finish in your position. So yeah, a lot has changed over the year. Again, it did take some time for fans to be adjusted with the new playoff format. But uh, in my opinion, I would say that I think I think it's pretty good. You know, I think it's pretty good that you know NASCAR is trying to make it more understanding for the casual fan. Even though I'm not, I don't consider myself to be a casual fan. I've been watching NASCAR since I was in diapers. But um, yeah, but I feel like for the casual fan or somebody that's just starting to get into the sport, because um, with all that's been happening in the, the country right now and with the protest movement, NASCAR has definitely been speaking up to it and making it more open to 
a more mainstream audience. I know a lot of people were scared off by the Confederate flag, but you know, a few months back, you know, it was announced that NASCAR would ban Confederate flags at the races, which is a big step and and the next chapter of what the sport can soon become, as well as you know, as far as getting into the the public eye of the mainstream sports fans, if I'm making sense. But um, yeah, you know, that's you know, NASCAR has been taking these steps and they have been becoming more aware of what's been going on, just like how other sports have been speaking out about the social injustice that's happening in our country and just in all, and everything else in between. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, you know, it, it, I, but I do believe that this is the perfect year to become a NASCAR fan if you're not one already, because there's definitely been like a lot of exci exciting finishes, uh, big changes in the sport as far as uh, the fan, fan perspective. Um, driver diversity is starting to become more prevalent as well as um, officiating uh, diversity. Um, yeah, definitely big changes happening in the sport and definitely, you know, we'll have more people coming in, hopefully. So, yeah, definitely. So this is a good time to, you know, check out the playoffs and, yeah, just, you know, see what it's like and see if you'll, you know, that that's something that gravitates you. Because usually, you know, when the, when the sport is their playoff season, you know, that's when more fan people start, start to pay attention. That's when more the viewership starts to increase. So hopefully that can be the same for NASCAR. But... Anyway, that's really my explanation for why this year's playoffs is huge, not only because it's happening during a COVID season, but just because of the excitement that, you know, we've been, we've been presented with the track with the on-track performances. And um, yeah, I want to go into more of the uh, 16 drivers so you guys could, you know, do some research or, you know, at least, you know, have some knowledge of who's in it and not look like a, that one guy that's like, you know, that doesn't know any athlete's name. And um, yeah, the 16 drivers from in this order based on the seeds from one to 16. So starting with the one, first seed being Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, Joy Logano, Chase Elliott, Martin Truex Jr., Ryan Blaney, Alex Bowman, William Byron, Austin Dillon, Cole Custer, Eric Amarola, Clint Boyer, Kyle Busch, his brother Kurt Busch, and lastly, Matt DiBenedetto at, at like rounding out as the 16th seed. So as I look at this list and I see, you know, these names on here, I see a lot of names that I, I wasn't surprised to see, um, you know, like a lot of veterans that on this, on this list, as well as some, you know, rising, rising stars in the sport that have started to make a name for themselves in the past few years. And um, yeah, I feel like this year's list is a lot more diverse than how it was in the past few years. You know, there's no, there's not that many regulars that you would see in in the playoffs as far as uh, this year. And of course, you know, um, the big story really after Daytona was Jimmy Johnson just missing the 16th seed for the playoffs, knowing that this is his retirement year. He's a seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion, and you know, people a lot of people were hoping that he would break the rec break a record, passing Dale Earnhardt and Richard Petty as um as uh for the championship record uh going for eights but unfortunately with the circumstances of how the race went at daytona last weekend yeah it just wasn't meant to be so jimmy johnson just missed it like this much this much he just missed it by making the playoffs and and having a shot winning his eighth championship and um yeah his last season sadly you know it is heartbreaking if you're a jimmy johnson fan and 
Yeah, it really, it really is heartbreaking if you're a NASCAR fan because a lot of people were hoping that he would make it in. Uh, yeah, you know, this is just it just wasn't meant to be. You know, all, all we know is that there are still only three goats in NASCAR. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, like I, I remember the announcer saying, and even um, his crew chief saying to himself that the race at Daytona wasn't going to define his career. I mean, Jimmy Johnson, he's done it all in NASCAR. He's a two-time Daytona 500 winner, uh, Brickyard 400 winner, Coca-Cola 600 winner, countless times All-Star race winner, um, won eight, three races. He's, I think he's in the top 10 right now as far as career wins in NASCAR. And of course, he has his seven championships, which is extremely hard to do in this sport. Definitely, you know, a big challenge and not that many drivers He's like he's like that one once in a generation driver that's that's destined to become become a, you know one of the greatest of all time one of the goats, um, yeah it's definitely sad to see but you know just going into it I feel like the another big story heading into the playoffs is the two drivers that stand that stand at the top of the Cup Series table and that being Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin I mean these guys have battled out this whole season I mean Kevin Harvick having seven wins along with Denny Hamlin having six wins going into this year's playoffs. And yeah, these guys, they've been, oh man, just watch them on a track and just seeing them battle against each other. And they, and the thing is, they don't really, they never really have like a huge rivalry against each other. I mean, you know, NASCAR is really known for his rivalries and uh, Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin, they tend, they look like they respect each other out on the racetrack and really, you know, they're like, they, they show it by just how they dominate. I mean, they just, it's like, you know, Kevin Hart wins a race one week, Danny Hamlin wins a race, race one week, and then, like, you know, it just keeps going on. It's like, it starts to become a pattern. And, you know, I feel like going into the playoffs and looking at the track star set up on the playoff schedule, it wouldn't be a surprise to see Kevin Harvick or Hamlin get into that championship for. I feel like that's really the pick that everybody's going for, seeing Harvick and Hamlin being the, I mean, one, uh, four of the two drivers, or two of the, two of the four drivers being in that championship for. And again, looking at the tracks, these are tracks that they dominate at. And holding is knowing that Darlington is the opening race for the playoffs. And, you know, we, we can't forget that when NASCAR made its return from, you know, like during the pandemic, it was the first uh, professional sports league to, to come back during COVID. And lo and behold, Kevin Harvick ends up winning that first race since the, since the pandemic halted uh, or postponed part of the season for three months. So Kevin Harvick was that winner at Darlington and knowing that he, he knows how to run well that track. And even Denny Hamlin, because what NASCAR has been able to do is they've, they've been able to run midweek races as well as doubleheader weekend races. And on that, like on the, during that week when they were racing at Darlington, trying to make up you know, the races of lost time, you know, Kevin Harvick got, got the win in the first race. Denny Hamlin came back and won the second race. Darlington <laughs> I mean if that and like and they've also run or won races in between I mean Kevin Harvick he's won Atlanta he's won Pocono he's won um yeah he won Michigan like Denny Hamlin won Kansas won Homestead like <laughs> he also he also won at Pocono so even though those tracks aren't on the schedule for the playoffs you know it's still you know, gives you that idea like, yeah, these guys can compete wherever they go. They, they've been fast all year and that that's just going to carry on. So I put them in the category as contenders. Like I have, I set up a list of five different categories for 
the um for the drivers that are currently in the playoffs. So I have a contender category, I have a wild card category, a dark horse category, sleeper category, and a no shot category. So the contender category being who I believe has the best shot at winning the championship. And obviously I have to put Harvick and Hamlin in that category, just knowing how well they've ran all, all season, scoring wins, scoring top five, scoring top tens, winning stages, and just being, being the most consistent drivers in NASCAR. And these guys, you know, they, they've had like these long careers. They've been racing in NASCAR for like, you know, two decades now. Well, just, well, just about, yeah, just about two decades. Uh, Danny Hamlin, he came in kind of later, came in six years after Kevin Harvick came in. Like Hamlin was starting the Cup Series back in 07. Was it 07? No, 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 it was 06. Yeah, Hamlin came in in 06. And uh, driving for Joe Gibbs still does, still does drive for Joe Gibbs. Harvick started his career. Actually, Harvick Har- had a very interesting career for how, how he started. He started... Um, he was the replacement drive, driver after Dale Earnhardt after he uh, passed in his uh, a crash at the Daytona 500 back in 2001. And I think four four starts since the Harvest career, he pulled off a full finish against Jeff Gordon at the um, spring race in Atlanta, giving his first career win. And uh, really the first one for uh, Richard Childress after Dale Earnhardt's passing. So given Harvest uh, start in NASCAR is very... Uh, unique from how other drivers have earned their start in NASCAR. And really he's just been, you know, moving on ever since he's, he's, you know, Daytona 500 winner. He, he's won a championship. And another thing too, Denny Hamlin, he's still gunning for that first championship because, you know, he's had these, I feel like Denny Hamlin to me has been like that hard luck driver. You know, he, he knows how to win. He knows how to compete. He just can't, you know, get that, you know, get that last thing that will solidify his career, solidify any driver's career, which is the championship. You know, countless amount of times he's always fallen short of, you know, getting the championship. And I feel like this is really his year where he could turn that around. You know, he has a good shot. You know, I'm really high on his chances. And I know uh, my friend Tate, he he knows, you know, big. he's a big Danny Hamlin fan. And I know that, you know, he, he wants him to win this championship this year. And I feel like with the way that he's been going and just the support that he's been again behind him, I feel like he does have that shot. Now, uh, I feel like, you know, we could get away from the contenders. You know, like, uh, like I do want to have some time to fill in everybody on this. But, uh, next category we go into is to the wild cards. So who I put in the wild card category being a guy that, you know, has a good shot winning, but, you know, we'll have to do extra to prove that they do have a shot at the championship. And I put Chase Elliott, Brad Keselowski, and Joey Logano in that category. So starting off with Chase Elliott, I'm not going to, like, I am a huge Chase Elliott fan, but I'm not going to try to come off as biased toward him because, you know, there's a stigma that, you know, Chase Elliott being the most popular driver in NASCAR right now that, oh, man, Chase Elliott fans are so overrated and all that. But I'm not going to get into that as much but um i think what i'll say about chase is that he's a guy that knows how to win he he can compete he uh well enough i know like hendrick you know, hendrick mars sports all in all really you know they're only having three of their four drivers make it in you know alex bowen and one william byron being the, the other two you know i feel like when i when i saw jimmy johnson get eliminated he, him being a, the fourth member of the Hendrick Morris Sports Stable, you know, I feel like that was kind of like a passing of the torch to 
um, Alex Bowman, William Byron, Chase Elliott, even though we don't know who that torch is going to get past, we don't know who's going to be the head, like the head, the lead car, the number one car on that, and that the Hendrick Motorsports stable. And I feel like from the looks of it, it's got to be Chase Elliott, as um he has more wins since joining uh, the Cup Series, uh, more more wins than Alex Bowman and William Byron. Uh, Alex Bowman and Byron having three wins combined with each other on their careers. When Chase Elliott has about between how many, how many actually how many wins does Chase Elliott have? I should know this, but you know. I, I got I still have to do my research here, people. But yeah, so you know, he's a young guy too. He's 24. You know, he's got, you know, good talent. He's got good yeah. So like yeah, Chase Elliott having eight wins and his first year in NASCAR because he he was the replacement driver for Jeff Gordon once he retired. And Jeff Gordon retired in 2016. So 2017 or 2020. So four years in the cup series, he has eight wins. Which is pretty good. He's on track because um, it didn't take him until 2018 to win to win his first first race. No, excuse me. He came in 2016. So yeah, it's four years. But yeah, he and he didn't get his first win until 2018. Um, Chase to me, he 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 could win on he could run well at almost every almost every track on the circuit. I think he just needs to watch out for the you know guys that are coming to wreck him and. You know, he just got to race the car clean, which he, which he does do a good job of doing, you know, despite having only three D, DNFs for the year. But he still he comes back with that with 10 top fives and 15 top tens. And, of course, the two wins, um, one being at a – well, actually, one win was, wasn't was a point score. Uh, well, well, two of the wins were a point scoring wins. He, had, he won the all-star race as well this year, um, two of the wins being at uh, Charlotte's and – the other one being at the Daytona Road Course, which is the first time they ever ran the Road Course at Daytona. They usually run it for the 24 hours of Daytona and um, other events. But uh, yeah, NASCAR was able to get back out there for the first time in a long time, really, and the, for the Cup Series. And uh, yeah, moving down to uh, Brad Keselowski. Uh, really not a lot to say. I mean, a lot of people know what Brad Keselowski is capable, capable of as a driver. You know, he could win almost everywhere he goes. He's very competitive. He does rumble some fenders uh, once in a while here and there with a few guys. But, you know, he backs it, he backs it up with his talent. Uh, nine top fives, 19 top tens, and three wins. Uh, some tracks not being on the – well, the exception, like, he did win at Bristol, which is uh, one of the tracks in the, in, the, in the round of 16, an opening round. So I expect him to have a good run there. But, um, yeah, not really a lot to say. You know, Brad Kozlowski, he's a, you know, he, he's a, he's a bit of, he's a scrappy driver. I will say, yeah, he's very scrappy behind the wheel. So, um, yeah, I guess, you know, he could use that scrappy mentality going into it. But I, I do have him picked to be in the championship for. He is, you know, a guy that I believe that can make, make that championship for and go for the championship in Phoenix. So it's not, it won't be a surprise if he does that. Now, Joey Logano, uh, no, Brad Kozlowski's teammate over at Team Team Penske, um, and kind of slow this year. He he did come out pretty hot at the beginning of the year. He won back to back races at a uh, Vegas and Phoenix um, before the pandemic or before the pandemic hit and put a halt to the uh, to some of the season. Uh, you know, in the middle he scored six top fives, fourteen top tens. Um, you know, he won two stage races at the. Uh, regular season finale at Daytona last weekend, 
And um, yeah, Logano, he's kind of been the odd man out as far as trying to compete. I, I, I hopefully maybe we'll probably see him pick it back up going into the playoffs. So just, you know, have to, you know, at least he has an incentive now, at least, you know, he knows he's locked in and you'll see when you win a race and you're already locked in, you try not to race as hard because, you know, it's just about bringing the equipment home. Um, yeah, I think that is one of the drawbacks of the playoffs. You know, you, you win one race, you're automatically in. You are, are automatically have a berth. But uh, yeah, Logano to me, you know, he he could. He, I feel like he's like that guy that wants to race for a championship if he wants to, even though he has he already does have a championship in his uh, trophy case at home. Um, yeah, he's a he's a good shot. He's a contender. So yeah, but I'm not I'm not saying contender for a championship before. I don't think he's gonna make it in. But um. Yeah, it will be tough to see. He's that's why he's the wild card, and usually wild cards you're sure and sometimes unsure if they have a shot. But uh, yeah, he falls in there. Now, moving into the dark horse category, so <laughs> I think a lot of people would be surprised at the uh, who who I have as a dark horse, and oh, the guy actually the first name that I thought of being the dark horse was Matt De Benedetto along with Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr. So I'm going to go and start off with the Benedetto. Benedetto, now I, I like his story. So, and here's, here's why I like his story because, you know, this was a guy that was last year around this time, he was racing for a contract for this year. I mean, um, he, last year he was driving for Levine family racing, uh, affiliate team of Joe Gibbs racing and a 90 and the 95 Toyota. And, you know, he, he, he ran good. He ran solid. He kept the equipment uh, stable. Um, didn't have that many issues on the track. You know, he's, he comes off as a really pretty good guy. Uh, very popular on social media, too. He's, you know, he's in the CrossFit. You know, he's in the, you know, doing a bunch of other stuff. And he's, yeah, like, yeah he, he's a rising star. But it didn't take didn't uh, take people to figure it out, figure out that he was a rising star until the playoff race at Bristol. Now, if you go back and watch the last year's race, a uh, playoff race at Bristol, the Bristol night race, he was up front uh, at the lat- latter end, end of the race. Then uh, Danny Hamlin swoops in, kind of stole the win from him. And, and like, yeah, like, like, you know, he still came home with a second place finish. Denny Hamlin advanced in the next round uh, in, in, that, in the playoffs that year. But um, I think what really got to me was the interview that he did. I mean, he was like, the man was almost, almost in tears talking about, yeah, man, like, this is like, this is my livelihood. And, you know, and I, and I felt that because this is a guy that was racing for a contract last year, you know, in Levine and LFR, I uh, told him straight up like, Hey, uh, Matt, you know, we don't, there's no chance of you. I don't think I'm, we're not going to bring you back for next year. And that hurts because, you know, a lot of drivers, they do go through a season where they're unsure of having a contract. I mean, NASCAR contracts aren't like basketball or baseball contracts where you get signed to a long-term deal if you're a, if you're an upcoming star. You know, NASCAR contracts usually last for about a, a year to, to three years. Now, there's so few long-term deals that are done. Like, each contract is renewed each year because, you know, owners have to compensate for ownership money or in, um, like sponsorship deals because, you know, sponsors, sponsors tend to back out of a deal if a driver's not performing well, or, you know, if uh, they're not getting enough uh, uh, marketability through NASCAR. So, um, yeah, that was the case for Matt Benedetto with uh, a Levine family. And, and I feel like him going to Wood Brothers 
was probably the best thing that happened to his career. As I'm at the time, Paul Menard, he was driving for Wood Brothers. And then, you know, all of a sudden at the end of 2019, he, he left the team. But his recommendation uh, to Wood Brothers, to so the head, heads over there, was saying, put Matt, ben, Matt Benedetto in, in the 21 car. And that's what they did. And so far, Vendel, he's been having a pretty solid season as far as, you know, racing for a, a midfield team. You know, he has two top fives, seven top tens, and only one DNF, which is pretty solid uh, if you're driving for a midfield team like Wood Brothers. And, you know, and Wood Brothers being a team that kind of, kind of uh, like runs a part-time schedule and hasn't really been historically known, uh, at least for a while. I mean, back in the day, you know, when they had David Pearson and, you know, a lot of other guys driving for driving that 21 car that's very famous. You know, they would they were very successful. But, um, you know, past few years, they've had like a mix of drivers come in driving the 21 car just for historical purposes. Same thing with like Bubba Wallace with him driving for Richard Pay, just, you know, driving the 43 car. And, um, you know, that's a that's a story for another day. But, um, yeah, the 21 car has definitely become became speed and has become more notice at the front of the pack and you know i feel like with the bent behind the wheel that's definitely helping them so um yeah you know he's a dark horse for me as far as a championship but i do but he does have a bright future uh, as a driver i'm not sure if it's with wood brothers long term but you know if uh, a seat opens up for a front row team and you know i feel like matt Mandel is going to be getting some phone calls <laughs> now the I would say probably the letdown of the the dark horse category would be Kyle Busch. So like Kyle Busch uh, right now, a lot of people are, you know, would say that he's still, you know, having a championship hangover type year or he just hasn't really been able to regroup despite him having 11 top fives, 10 top 10, or I mean 11 top fives, 13 top 10s and five DNS, which is, tied for the most in the cup series with Cole Custer, who's also a, uh, a contender in the NASCAR playoffs. Well, actually, I'm um, no, excuse me. Second, third, third, he's is the third most, no, fourth most top tens in the cup series behind, um, well, being behind Ricky Stenhouse, uh, junior Ryan priest and, uh, Brendan pool. But even with those five uh, DNFs, we that still doesn't underestimate the fact of how, you know, underperforming Kyle Busch has been during the year. You know, you'll expect a guy that's coming off a championship when around this time last year, he was still even struggling, but was still able to pull out a champion, uh, a championship win or a second championship for a team, a team like Joe Gibbs, you would think he would, you know, build off of that. But apparently he hasn't been able to because it felt like it feels like like every race that I watched, you know, Kyle Busch has either crashed or either you know just had a problem with the car. You know, I don't know if it's a team issue or just a driver issue. It's hard to say, but you know, I don't see him. Excuse me, I don't see him being a true contender for this year's championship, despite all the talent that he's been known to have, and really just his will to win. I, I just can't say that I see it. You know, I, I, I would expect better from him as a driver. And, you know, that 18 car is going to be his for, you know, a long time. But, um, yeah, I feel like this just really isn't his year. 
But on the other on the other side of the uh, Joe Gibbs stable, you have his teammate Martin Truex Jr., who, has, in my opinion, has been known to be NASCAR's biggest late bloomer. As um uh, back back in twenty back twenty seventeen, you know when he won the championship, he was driving for Furniture Row uh, Racing uh, Furniture Row Motorsports, which is actually a now a defunct team, and you know they were they were even a, a, an affiliate of Joe Gibbs, but. He was still able to find a way to still win races and you know still be able to compete. I know um, his staff over there with uh, James Small being his crew chief and Clayton Hughes being his spotter. You know they are definitely like a well-rounded team. It's just that Montrex Jr.'s career has been kind of he's been finding late success in his career, even though he's been in NASCAR since two the, the Cup Series since 2007 when he started his career with he's bounced around with a lot of teams too. He started out with Dale and Hart Incorporated when they were still around. Um, and he raced over a few years with Michael Walter racing when they were a team. And, you know, next thing you know, he comes over to French row, uh, then, and like he starts winning more. And then uh, once French row defunct, you know, Joe Gibbs gave him a call saying, Hey, we got a spot open up for you. And yeah, really his career has really been really just carried on from there. And yeah, again, he's a late bloomer, but, um, he's a late bloomer that you would be willing to count on. You know, he has one win this year. He won at Martinsville which is in the round of eight in the playoffs. So hopefully he, he can make it that far and probably have put up a good run there. But he also runs good at a few of the tracks on, on the schedule too. You know, he, 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 he has a few wins at Las Vegas and he runs good at Kansas. Um, yeah, a few other tracks on here. Richmond, he's pretty good there too. And I, yeah, you know, I, I feel like Trucks, even though I, I did put him in a dark horse category, his chances of winning – they, they look pretty solid. I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to count them out, you know, even though he's, like, he's been kind of having, like, a semi-slow slow year. And, um, again, I, I wouldn't really hold that against him uh, as much. He's still a good driver all around. And, uh, yeah, he's just, you know, uh, just something to expect. Or uh, We just don't know what to expect from him. Now, moving down to the sleeper category. So, the sleepers, I kind of define them as the guys that just, you know, just made in off of, off of luck or, um, you know, aren't really getting, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of attention as far as the rest of the playoff standings. But, um, sleepers, I have Ryan Blaney, Alex Bowman, Austin Dillon, and William Byron. Now, what the, these four guys have in common is that they're, you know, they've only won one race this year. Now, <laughs> Ryan Blaney, Scoring is only one of the season at Talladega. Uh, being actually a two-time or winning his second second win in a row at Talladega. You know, he won the playoff race there last fall uh, in 2019. And, you know, he won the uh, won the race during the summer uh, back in June. It was a photo finish of uh, Ricky Stenhouse uh, Jr. for that race. And, um, yeah, Ryan Blake, he's – I feel like he's kind of – He's starting to come up more. He's starting, you know, win more. He's starting to get noticed. You know, he, he's up there with uh, Chase Elliott as one of the, you know, top drivers, uh, or top young young stars that have been coming up. And uh, I don't know, I feel like, you know, with him, he, he's always been like that overshadowed uh, driver out of uh, the Team Penske uh, stable. Um, I, I kind of compare Ryan Blaney to – when uh, John Carlos Stanton and Christian Yellis were playing on the Miami Miami Marlins uh, during their career, you know John Carlos Stanton he was putting up the big numbers, you know, one MVP. And then Christian Yelich, 
you know, he kind of, you know, was always known to be that young guy that was still developing and still had some time to improve. But of course, when they part, parted ways, you know, John Carl Stanton, he's been getting injured a lot playing in New York with the Yankees. And then Christian Yelich, you know, he's been up big numbers out on Milwaukee with the Brewers. You know, he's coming off coming off of an MVP, MVP season and, you know, make like just being the, uh, you know, like the poster boy for, for baseball and for that Milwaukee Brewers franchise and to sign a long-term deal. I feel like that's really Ryan Blaney. You know, he's kind of been that like Christian Yelich role where you're like the, the early, the early 2010s or the mid 2010s Christian Yelich where, you know, he, he, everybody knows him, but he just, he's just getting overshadowed by Brad Keselowski and Joey Logano. You know, he's still pretty young, but I do see, see him, you know, being a contender in the future. Now for Alex Bowman, yeah, man, Alex Bowman is kind of like a, geez, I honestly can't put my finger on what I feel about Alex Bowman. Um, not really the most consistent, I would say, especially driving for Hendrick Motorsports. But he's kind of, you know, on having that slow, like a slow success. You know, he's, I feel like he's another, another late bloomer to me, kind of like a Martin Truex Jr. in some way. Alex Bowman, you know, he's a, like he could race is just that, you know, he's just not, he's not as consistent. And um, I don't, I don't see him making it past the the second round or the round of 12, but um, I I feel like he's just glad to be there. You know, he, he won the, won the, uh, the auto club race, which is, you know, pre COVID. So um, yeah, you know, I, I do, we do have to give him that one again, you know, he's still kind of young, 20, 27 years old, but uh. Yeah, but like really, um, there's actually been rumors about that ADA team saying that, you know, Hendrick Motorsports might be cutting down to a to a three car team and, you know, the ADA team being the, I mean, the like the number that will be out in, in a few years. Like, I don't know, again, that's a rumor. I'm, I'm not sure if that's been, been solidified yet, but, you know, Alex Bowman, I, it's going to be hard to see. Now, Austin Dillon, uh, kind of the same story with... Um, Actually, no, no, no. I'll take, I'll take that back. Austin Dillon's a far different story. Uh, Richard Childress hasn't really been fast, and I, I can't even remember. Probably back in the Kevin Harvick days and the Clint Boyer days when they were driving for him, or the Jeff Burton days. Uh, Austin Dillon, you know, kind of, you know, even though he's driving a number three car, he, in no way, and yes, like in no way, he is nothing like Dale Earnhardt. I, I don't think he'll ever will be. But that's but that's besides the point. The point that I'm trying to get at is, you know, Dylan kind of a driver that underperforms, especially driving for a team like Richard Childress. But you know, I could say that I'll say that about Tyler Reddick too, his teammate. And you know, they've never really been the fastest. And Tyler Reddick kind of, kind of you know, messed up his chances of making the playoffs with that uh, whole blocking situation at Daytona. You know, causing the big one and really taking a lot of guys out. And uh. Yeah, don't even though he get they get the win at Texas, which is in the playoffs. You know, he doesn't really run well at most of the tracks that are coming up on the schedule, and that's just a. I feel like uh, for them, it's more of a driver issue. Dylan's not. I don't really see Austin Dillon being the most talented, uh, per se, as 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 far as the you know guys that I've seen or the guys that I've known grow up watching that have drove for, drove for Richard Childress. 
you know, he's, of course, you know, he's kind of like, he's a bit of a generation driver. You know, he is the grandson of Richard Childress. But um, yeah, I just, I, I just don't see it. I, I don't really have high hopes for him going into the playoffs. That's, oh, he's a sleeper. Kind of just, he's probably going to be a fall and sleeper at bat. Now, the last sleeper I say is William Byron. So William Byron, big story. Of course, coming off the weekend, winning his first Cup Series race at Daytona, which was the race that knocked out, or kind of knocked out Jimmy Johnson and also put his spot in the playoffs as the ninth seed. And, you know, I, I think William Byron, he also has a very unique story. His weight is a lot far different from Matt Benedetto. Uh, his story is really dates back to, you know, I feel like it's more is relatable to our generation. So if you are paying attention to NASCAR right at the time when COVID came around, like in March, April, and some parts of May, NASCAR was doing this thing where they were using the iRacing simulator to uh, still still have, you know, some form of racing while they were on hold uh, from, from racing in real life. And William Byron has really been doing that since, you know, he was, he was a teenager in high school. You know, he, he never, you know, like he never didn't come from a lot of money. Uh, didn't really get his start in racing until oh, about he, you know, reached until about he was in college. But uh, yeah, his first ever steering wheel or his first ever shot at doing some actual racing was during I was an I racing uh, during uh, in a simulator. And you know, just for his success in iRacing, racing, it kind of carried over to him getting a getting a ride in the in the in the low divisions of NASCAR, like the Canaan Pro Series or like the you know late mile series. And uh, he's just been developed ever since. You know, he's de- he's been a uh, developed through you know a lot of teams. You know, Drew, uh, through Joe Gibbs Racing, through um, Junior Motorsports Racing, which Junior Motorsports being an Xfinity team, kind of being that feeder team for Hendrick Motorsports. I mean, guys like Chase Elliott have drawn for Junior Motorsports. Um, uh, before Rakoslowski moved over to Penske, you know, he was uh, lined up to get a job at uh, Junior Moore, at uh, Hendrick Moore Sports, uh, Drew Junior Moore Sports. But unfortunately, you know, circumstances changed with him. And, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely am glad to see William Byron, you know, get that playoff spot because, you know, it, you know, he's a guy that's been that's been criticized a lot for really the way he drives and just how well he's performed, you know, of course, driving in the 24 car, which is, which was made famous by Jeff Gordon, you know, that Daytona race was the first time the 24 team uh, went to victory lane since Jeff Gordon was driving, driving the 24. Um, I feel like this, this kind of, this, the win at Daytona should give him a kick in the butt for, you know, developing in the, in the years to come. You know, he just signed an extension with Wayne, of uh, Hendrick Motorsports through 2022, so he'll be around for the next few years in that 24 car. And um, you know, he's definitely got a lot of sponsorship money. Um, of course, uh, being, him being a student, I think he's still a student. I don't know if he graduated yet, but uh, you know, he's a proud uh, student of Liberty University, as well as you know, he's got sponsorships from Hertz, um, UniFirst, uh, a lot of other um, you know affiliate sponsors with Hendrick Motorsports. Um, yeah, he's, and he's definitely a remarkable guy too. You know, like, you know, he's, you know, I know he's a Christian and, you know, I know he's a, you know, he's a young guy too. He's like 22 or 23. And, um, yeah, you know, I feel like, yeah, he's kind of, kind of going to be, I feel like he, he has a shot at being NASCAR's next, you know, young star. I feel like, you no, know, for the millennial fans, you know, that's a guy they could look up to 
that's the same with Chase Elliott too. He's 24, you know. So yeah, like you know, the Hendrick. I feel like the one thing that Hendrick Motorsports has going for him is that they have a lot of young talent. Jimmy Johnson was kind of like the guy just getting his, uh, you know, getting his last tenure in with them before he hung it up. Obviously, that's going to happen at the end of this year. But um, yeah, Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, Wayne Byron, they're definitely gonna be, you know, the elite runners for Hendrick Motorsports. Again, like I don't know if like uh, what the future holds for all three of them. I can't say that because I'm not calling I'm not calling the shots over at Hendrick Motorsports. Um and yeah, of course they got some young talent from Jim from the Jim Motorsports table where you know they might have some guys take some take some seats. And you know, Noah Gragson's a um he he he's a candidate for the replacement of uh, Jimmy Johnson along with Eric Jones and possibly Bubba Wallace and a few other guys. But uh yeah, you know it's gonna be interesting to see. And I feel like William Byron, you know, he'll he'll like even though he is a sleeper, I do see him being a spoiler because like you could still be a sleeper but still be a spoiler. And uh yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what he could do coming up in the playoffs. Now, lastly, before I have to round out, I have the guys that just have no shot. So I have the no shot category. Uh, it's kind of kind of, kind of it's kind of self-explanatory. No shot being guys that I just don't think have a shot at winning the championship or even making it past the first round. Now, in this category, I have Eric Almarola, Cole Custer, Kurt Busch, and Clint Boyer. Now, what you might notice is that three of the guys drive for Stuart Haas racing. And uh, despite Kevin Harvick, who, who is driver for Stuart Haas, the, the other three guys on the team haven't really ha- been having the best of seasons. Um, Eric Almarola really he's i i always say he's like the only exception for a guy that's having a, a decent season and uh cole custer you know cole custer is actually you know he, he like he, he's been uh turned turned to some heads you know he had that surprise win at kentucky uh during during the regular season of course you know with him being a rookie and winning rookie of the year uh for 2020 you know he's a i feel like you know even though he he does have some uh potential uh is is kind of being unseen right now. I think um, I I still don't think he has a shot winning the championship, even uh, despite him, you know, being a, a dot, one of the dominant rookies in NASCAR history. But um, for Eric Amarola, a uh, bit of a long shot. So, so yeah, of course, you know, he does have he did have a few stage wins during the year, and the five top fives and the fourteen top tens. You know, that if he, if he could score some points as far as the stage finishes, he might hang around, but you know, it's the, the competition right now is way too steep for him, even with him uh, driving for a team like Stuart Haas. And the 10 cars has never really been that fast in the past and still hasn't really been improving that much. I mean, he only has two career wins and a career that started back in 2008. You know, Eric Amarillo has been around for a while. But um, yeah, I just don't see him having a shot. And Kurt uh, Kurt Busch, uh, of course, the brother of Kyle Busch, um, kind of made the playoffs out of pure luck, in my opinion. Uh, four top fives, fourteen top tens. Uh, Chip Ganassi, and kind of having like a down year all around. You know, Matt Kenseth uh, replacing Kyle Larson after the whole uh, uh, the backle, uh, the the boggle that Kyle Larson had on the irising sim, you know, go look it up. If you want to know what happened to Kyle Larson. Yeah. Kurt Busch being, you know, uh, driving the one car for Chimp Ganassi again, just made it off of pure luck, not really having the best, best year, kind of like his brother. But, um, 
Yeah, he's he's a bit of a long shot. I can't really say much about him. And uh, lastly, Clint Boyer. And like, oh my goodness, Clint Boyer. Uh, I I really don't know what's been going on with Clint Boyer. And to be honest, I can't. I don't really know why he how he's been able to stick around, just knowing the career that he's had. And the guy's hitting forty and still hasn't really shown any sign of wanting to win. He's kind of like a, I feel like his only moneymaker is just his personality, which I know fans gravitate towards. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's his moneymaker. He's not, he, he, he underperforms on the track. He's, you know, kind of, he's kind of like been, been the dead weight to Stuart Haas, in my opinion. You know, yeah, he's just, I, I don't see how they could carry on with him. That's why I'm really pushing for Chase Briscoe uh, to take his place after years over because I've been hearing talks about Clint Boyer going into the broadcast booth once 2020 is, is wrapped up and him not having a ride for next year. And I can see why. I don't. I, I honestly don't see what team Clint Boyer could fit in well because you know he just, he just like he, he's. I don't know. I don't know where his talent went, or I don't know who decided that Clint Boyer was a very talented driver. I just. I just, I just don't know. But um, yeah, he. Uh, again, I, I say I say the same thing about Kurt Busch. You know, Clint Boyer. I think he made the playoffs off, off of pure luck. Uh, if 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 there was a driver that was more deserving to be in his spot right now, as far as uh, the the seed he's in, he's a thirteen. He's the thirteenth seed going into the playoffs. If there was a driver that was more deserving for his spot, it would it would either come down to Jimmy Johnson, Eric Jones, or Tyler Reddick. I. Uh, for for my life, I don't know how Kumbor was still able to get that 13th seed, but I'll never know. He just he just made it off of pure luck. But again, I feel like with that being said, I just believe he has no shot at all. You know that for him to make it into the playoffs, there's just no or or him to win a championship. There is no way I feel that he could win a championship. I just I just don't know. But um. Yeah, but that that kind of about wraps up the uh, like the categories that I have for the championship. So I feel like one way to wrap up the show is to say my predictions for the championship four going in and who will win the championship. So my championship four is going to be Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, and Chase Elliott. Now. For who I believe is going to win the championship, the whole the whole enchilada, uh, the Bill France Cup. My shots or my my prediction for the NASCAR 2020 champion is Denny Hamlin. I say Denny Hamlin because this is like 2020 has been a year of uncertainty, and Denny Hamlin has had a career of uncertain moments and missed opportunities. I feel like this is the year where he could just wrap all that stuff up and go for and go for that Bill France Cup. You know, he's he's an amazing driver and I don't want him to have a uh, Mark Martin type career because again, Mark Martin was always a good driver like but he was notoriously known for finishing in second place a lot and just missing those opportunities that winning the championship for like the number of times that he's had a shot to. And I hope that Denny Hamlin doesn't, you know, have that burden lie on him 
for the rest of his career as the best driver to never win a championship. I don't want him to fall in that category. So I do believe that this is his time. And I, I know that he's going to come through and, and get that, get that uh, championship win Phoenix come November. But uh, anyway, that's going to wrap it up for me. Yeah. This has been a, a sports a sports talk edition of the real Bros podcast. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, stay tuned for more future, future, uh, talks i know i'm i got a lot of stuff lined up i'm definitely going to try to talk more sports going in because um you know for the past few months sports has making a, a steady return uh to you know just being sports again you know obviously you know there's no fans going to going to any of the games or um you know like we're all having the all the COVID guidelines are being strict toward the, the athletes you know in baseball basketball and i know football's coming up uh, the premier league is starting to kick off pretty soon uh, NASCAR playoffs are coming up obviously and uh, yeah hockey is in the midst of the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs right now and um yeah you know like I'll, I'll see I'm definitely going to fill in more sports talk for the future of the podcast and Rajira Terrell will be on board with doing that as well we'll even have a uh, guest uh, speakers to, uh, give their take on uh, their sports because I know a lot of people you know the sport management major you know it's hard to like like you can't just um you know focus on one sport you gotta be um uh, versatile and knowing, you know, having some some knowledge of all sports, but uh, yeah, you know, that's just something that I'm going to be doing more in the future. And I hope you guys pay attention and guys follow up with that information. So yeah, make sure you guys like, subscribe, and share the video. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for tuning to the Real Deal Bros podcast, episode 15. Uh, wish you guys a uh, happy three day weekend, happy Labor Day. Uh, you guys make sure to stay safe always wear your mask uh, during COVID. make sure you guys are also registered to votes come november and you can even vote right now if you want to but make sure you guys are registered to vote because this is a big year for that so again i've been phil paul thank you guys for watching and as always make sure to keep it real